Here's the console. get started so hello 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 and welcome to the lo gaming podcast my name is james and i am joined by my good buddy tyler how you doing tyler no not bad james thanks for having me yeah okay so things still going well at home yeah um things are still good i'm still working from home uh, right now actually next week i'll go back in the office for one day a week and then i'll work from home for four days right so yeah it's not going bad um there's a big difference in the uh, the gym routine though, because my gym's been closed for a while. <laughs> they've uh, they've recently opened back up, but you have to wear a mask, and I don't really think I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's like, and even uh, that when you go into a gym, you are still you're, you're still you know people sweat still is on equipment and stuff, even if they wipe things down. I mean, I don't see how you can just me keep more a than sterile most. environment. Me, me more than <laughs> <Yeah>. most. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I'm fortunate to have my own home gym set up and things like that. But this isn't a fitness podcast, this is a gaming podcast. So we're here to talk about last week's uh, events, that being the PS5 unveiling, which I don't know about you, I was I was very very happy with it. So was that your impression? I, w- I was happy with it too, yeah. I thought it went pretty well, especially given, you know, they couldn't do a big event with a bunch of people. So Mm -hmm. getting the information out there and keeping people interested, I think they did a good job of that. Okay. So you feel like um, you're satisfied with what they showed you? I am. You know, I still have the same disappointments. I'm sure everybody else does. Release date and price, right? Okay. I kind of think we went in, maybe there's a glimmer of hope they're going to tell us or end with a big, here's the prize. Right. They didn't do any of that. But, you know, it's still like... That little video they did to re- actually reveal the console is like mm. building up to it. It's like, okay, what's going on? Oh, there's waves. Okay, what is this thing? It's like, oh, yeah. here's the console. You know, um, if we're talking about the console specifically, I think it the little curves in it, they're kind of, I think they're weird to me, honestly. Yeah. And the funny thing is, my first thought was those little fins that's a dust catcher for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, man, that's going to fill up with so much dust. Right. And that was just like my initial, my wife said, man, that looks like a stormtrooper. <laughs> I was like, you, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept continuing unveiling the whole line of it. It's all this like stormtrooper looking things. I was like stormtrooper. Yep. <laughs> you're right. I, I can't argue with that. I haven't heard that take yet. You know, um. <laughs> eating Doritos and playing that, that game is not going to work very well. See, that's the thing I never could do. I never, I could never actually snack while playing games because I just never wanted to get stuff on my controller. <laughs> uh, well, I have, the, I don't have that problem. Uh, I, yeah. I snack, I do all things okay. <laughs> while playing games. <laughs> yeah, but so since we're on the um, uh, topic of expectations, what what were you thinking that or hoping that was going to be shown? Before well, the event. I mean, I was hoping gameplay was going to be shown, which I think they did do a good job of that. Mm-hmm. I was hoping release date and price was going to be shown. Right. And I was I was really hoping the console was going to be shown. So really, I was I hit on two of the things that I wanted to see right. out of this thing. Were there any particular games you were hoping to see? Um. Well, I was hoping to see some more Valhalla. 
I thought that would have been mm. really cool to see Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Like an actual gameplay yeah. demonstration yeah, of Valhalla. Like, Ooh, show me this. <laughs> show me more. But um, I am pleased to see Horizon 2 is coming out. Mm-hmm. Horizon was so much fun. And the thing about the thing I liked about the first one was my wife got into it too. Ah. So I could sit on the couch with her and she'd be like, oh, let me kill that thing until it started attacking her. And then she'd throw it to me and be like, here you go. Here's this thing. Right. And I was like, ah, there we go. So it was, it was a good time. Plus right. that game looks gorgeous. Just running around in the environment, just looking at things. So you're, you're referring to the first one? I'm referring to the first one, okay. but the second one looks equally as, as gorgeous. According equally? To the <laughs> if you put those side by side, it's like, holy cow, the... The increase in fidelity. Well, if I that, mean, if that's truly what that game's going to look like, right? You know? But the videos that we saw were in 1080p, 30 frames a second, right? So right. they weren't fully in their glory yet, right? But I mean, it still it looked amazing mm-hmm. from what from what I did see. Yeah, yeah. But backtracking a little bit here before we get too far into this discussion, I want to talk about you. Okay, like I've known you since you were a little guy. Yeah, like that. and that's the thing that I keep on finding myself. It's like. Everybody who I've had on this um, uh, this podcast have been mm, either three years younger than me or more. And so their exposure to video games have been quite different than mine. And so I'm always curious about how generations after my generation uh, were, were exposed to to video games in a PlayStation era, in, in a Xbox era, and forward. And so I'm just curious, what is your earliest memory with video games? <laughs> if you can. Earliest memory, not PlayStation, or earliest memory PlayStation? Any video game. I it could be an arcade kind of, or anything. They kind of play right into each other. So I remember when we moved up here, we were living in an apartment in uh, Oak Ridge. Okay. And my dad walked in the door this big smile on his face. Like he just got caught. Like I wasn't supposed to see him walking in the door with this big box under his arm. And I said, what is that? He said, nothing. <laughs> Come to find out it was a original Nintendo. Oh, so I'm in an apartment with an original Nintendo playing Mario and playing track and field and duck hunt. But uh-huh. by the way, track and field on a controller is terrible. It's like, yes. But, uh, Playing Duck Hunt and Mario and all those games, and that was like my earliest memory. And um, I remember going to school, and a buddy of mine was like, man, I got to get my grades up, or my mom's going to take away my PlayStation. And oh. I was like, what's a PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is that? And then he told me what it was, and I was like, oh, hey, Dad, I really want a PlayStation. My friend has a PlayStation. It sounds really cool. Well, same type of story. Right. He comes in the door, big smile on his face at the box, and I'm like, what's that? He's like, nothing. <laughs> 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 and okay. so, and so that was actually a PS2 that he brought home. Oh, okay. And so from, from that day, I was like, all right, PlayStation is just, that's what track I'm on. Okay. So I'm not really opposed to like Xbox or any other kind of gaming console. It's right. just PlayStation is what I that had. That was your earliest. platform. That was my platform, right? That's my earliest real memories of, of doing things okay. after Nintendo. All right. So what was it about video games when you started playing them? What was it about that really drew you to them? Um, well... So that's changed a little bit over time, right? Yeah, so yeah. originally I thought, oh man, this is just really cool. Like my earliest real memory is Mario, right? And then it moved on to Nintendo 64 and PS2 right. and all that stuff. And I remember playing Star Fox on Nintendo 64 right. and thinking, this is so great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. You know, as a kid playing playing video games, it's like, this is this is a really fun thing to do. Right. It's like, here, buddy, let's play Mario party on the couch. Come sit beside me and let's play this game together. You know, it was a kind of an interaction in a mm-hmm. sociable, non-sociable kind of way. Okay. Right. So 
it was good. It was a good time. So now games, I used to spend hours and hours and hours and hours playing games, but now in my adult life, it's kind of different. I use games more of like a, an escape, right? Okay. Right. Like right. let me put the headset on and play for an hour before bed. Right. right. Something like that. Just to not think about the day, not think about responsibilities or anything like that. Right. And so it's a, it's a casual thing. Now. I mean, it's like for you, I can be knowing you as a gamer and stuff like that and watching you grow up and stuff. I've, I've watched you go from, you know, I was, I was a camp counselor when you were a little kid at one yeah. point in time. And then it's like, as you got older and stuff like that, um, you're playing games as a single young high schooler. Then you got a girlfriend. You were a gamer as a, as a guy with a girlfriend. And then that girlfriend turns into a wife yeah. and you're a gamer with a wife. And now you're a gamer with a wife and kid. Yeah. And just how your habits change and your, the gaming priority shifts yeah. from maybe somewhere near the top. Because the other thing about you is that you were also a football player for your high school. Yeah. And so that, and you were a serious one at that. So that took up a lot of your time as well. It did. Yeah, absolutely. So mostly video games would be on the way after a f- high school football game. You're pretty beat up. Right. Right. And if you're going all in and you're just like, all right, I'm tired. So yeah, I'd sit on the couch and play video games all, like all Saturday. So right. I had more time to do that. Um, like I said, now it's more of a, let me get an hour in before bed or something like that, as opposed to an entire Saturday of, of gaming. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's still, it's still a good time. I still enjoy it. It's still a escape from reality. I mm-hmm. guess you could say just a little, like, let me get into something else. Right. Yeah. And your wife, she, she's, has she always been supportive of your gaming habits or she has had, that changed? She has been, um, I try to find games that she likes and that she doesn't like, right. because if she likes, I can't play unless she's watching. And if I do, <laughs> she gets upset with me. Right. Like, Why did you play that? Why did I? Okay. Sorry. Well, how about this other game? Yeah. I don't care about that. Go yeah. play with James. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, from what I get, she really likes, uh, you know, like adventure games, like the Uncharted series. Oh, she loves like Uncharted. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Uncharted has been her favorite PlayStation series and mm-hmm. she's watched me play. Yeah. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, th- I find that th- this is something very interesting to me is that girlfriends and wives of gamers, uh, the attitude when I, of my generation, when guys get girlfriends or wives, they would despise their boy, <laughs> their boyfriends playing video games. And now it seems like more than ever, the girlfriends and the wives are playing with them or they're actually you know, well, participating in some way. Yeah. And I think that level, that level of despisement, is that a word? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that, that level comes from, I think people let themselves get too wrapped up in the game and they don't give their significant other enough attention at that point. Right. And that's why I said like my, my habit has changed. Like, yeah, let me use this as kind of an escape, but it's not consuming me anymore. Right. right. It's like, this is cool. That's fun. That's interesting. We can do this together. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. That was, that was neat. The thing just happened. So she actually has a, I have, but a Nintendo Switch as okay. well. And yeah. I get games for her. She's playing Animal Crossing right now. So right. she'll, and it's a chill game too. Yes. So she'll get in bed and play Animal Crossing. And I get on PlayStation and play stuff with you and try to escape and right. play Rocket League and all that stuff. <laughs> try to play Rocket League. <laughs> try to play Rocket League and get frustrated and throw the controller many times. <laughs> I actually have a Rocket League controller because, oh, okay. well, it's not an officially branded. It's like this wasn't a, a PlayStation controller, but I just played Rocket League. So I've messed up the up button because I hit it so hard. Like, come on, flip. Mm. And, it, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really work that well. So right. that's like my Rocket League controller. Right. Because I don't want to do that to any of my others. Yeah. They're, they're too expensive to keep breaking because I'm 
getting frustrated with the thing. Yeah, and PlayStation 4 controllers aren't the most durable things I've found. Yeah. But, okay. Well, that's a little bit about you. So, we'll get so back. So, tell me about you, James. <laughs> <laughs> about me. Well. <laughs> Do you like One Locks of the Beach? Nice romantic dinner. I, I don't like the beach at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind the beach, but it's like when you're asking me where do you want to go on vacation, it's it's not the beach. I want to go to the woods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Find me a waterfall, a, a creek, something like that. You know, a, a lot more different biomes. And plus you meet less people. <laughs> I think that's the thing about the beach. When I go, whenever I went on vacation to the beach, there's so many people and I'm just so antisocial when it comes to big crowds like that that I'm just like eh, it's a bit crowded I don't think I can have fun in this environment because mm-hmm. I'm just it's like if I let loose I'm just gonna like bother people and I just don't like bothering people <laughs> you know I like to stay under the radar and not being seen which is why this is audio and not video <laughs> <laughs> like me just putting this out to the public is a big step for me but you know but anyway, back to the topic at hand, we're going to go zoom right back to what we started with, back to the PlayStation 5 event. And so you started with the PlayStation 2, right? PlayStation-wise, yeah. Yeah, so that was your very first PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And what were the games that you played on your PlayStation 2? Um, I remember I played Soul Calibur. I was into Madden mm-hmm. quite a bit back then, right. so I played lots and lots of Madden. There was a Star Wars game that I played. Um, Battlefront? You were, you, no, it wasn't Battlefront. Uh, you were, well, I don't know. It might have been Battlefront. You were in one of those uh, cruisers that like Anakin takes in the- uh, One of those uh, pod racers? No, it wasn't a pod racer. I, I did have a pod racing game, but this yeah. isn't the one I was talking about. But you were flying one of those like Starfighter type okay, things. Okay, uh, yeah, that was a Jedi Starfighter or something, been, something like, like that. that. And it was, I mean, that was, that was fun. Okay. There was a game called Defender that came out that wasn't like the little arcade Defender. It was yeah. actual a 3D Defender. Yeah. And their uh, Pac-Man World and Pac-Man World 2. Hmm. Okay. Remember those in the PS2? Yeah. Those are fun. I went over to a buddy's house, actually li- used to live in this neighborhood. And um, we were playing in, I swear the thing said, press, you can press X to jump over this thing of lava. So I pressed X <laughs> to jump over this thing of lava and I went right into the lava. And I was of like, course. liars. <laughs> <laughs> he got such a kick out of that. Yeah. And he was like, you're but, supposed to rev and press X. Yeah, like, did you oh. ever play any of the Ratchet and Clank games? Though? I did. Okay. Oh, Ratchet and Clank is really fun. Yeah. And that's another one my wife likes to watch. Okay. And that's another one I'm looking forward to okay. coming out. So, And that's why I brought up the PlayStation 2, because so many of the franchises that started on PlayStation 2, um, you know, it's like they're still getting sequels. Yeah. and building off of those and ratchet and clank is one of those games i was super hopeful that i was going to see at this event and boy did they show it off yeah i mean how how familiar you are are how familiar familiar are you with the uh, ps5 specs uh not very i mean i'm just really casual like i said before so i mean i know yeah, but you've heard about you know, I've, I've heard about, about all the, the SSD speed yeah, and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, I've heard about all the things, you know, they're broadcasting about it, how awesome it is. And, right. And it, this is awesome because of the SSD and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah. It seems that um, that seems to be the thing that they're really hanging their hat on. Oh, yeah. Is that SSD speed and how that's going to change how games made. And really that Ratchet and Clank demo um, really showed off what their goal is. Yeah. 
when they talk about that SSD speed. When uh, Tim Sweeney, the creator of Unreal Engine, literally says, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, is the days of loading screens are over. You know, I mean, it's like, it seems like he kind of meant it. I mean, that Ratchet and Clank demo, there was a little hitching in there when they were switching dimensions and things like that, but I imagine... uh, that's going to be kind of smoothed out when that, yeah. whenever that game comes out. And that's still on dev, dev hardware right now, too. So, Yeah. I mean, and who knows how final that is since we're right up to this year of release. But that stuff's always evolving. But, you know, um, but did, let's just talk about the games kind of in order here that were revealed. Just kind of going over each one as quickly as possible. But... Um, so they started out kind of funny with um uh it's a next gen reveal but they started with a last gen game <laughs> with uh GTA. Oh yeah, they Grand did. Grand Theft Auto. They did. I mean yeah. it was it was um to make the announcement that, you know, that it was uh Grand Theft Auto Online was going to be free to all PlayStation 5 owners when the game comes out, probably a PlayStation Plus promotion right there. But um but that also anybody who owns Grand Theft Auto Five will get one million dollars in in-game currency every month. One million dollars. <laughs> one million dollars. Yes, you mean me. One yes. million. Yeah, there was a time when that was a relevant reference, but nowadays <laughs> it's like it's a, it's a meme. But um, yeah. So I thought I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm not a GTA player. I don't know if you've ever played a no Grand I never, Theft Auto game. No, I never get into those. Right. Yeah. But um, I imagine that pretty exciting for a lot of players it is and i actually got i've got a story about that too so when it came out the last one came out um there was another game called hot world's world's best driver that Mm -hmm. came out on the exact same day Uh and so i was at work and everyone's like geeking out over gta and i'm like yeah i'm really excited this game's coming out i'm gonna go to the mall today and get it you know it's gonna be great (laughs) so i go i go to gamestop in uh, west town and i'm like I'm here to get the game that came out today. Like, oh, you want GTA? Nope, I want World's Best Driver. <laughs> and uh, they were like, ha, ha. they said, ha, ha. "Are you serious?" I said, "Yep." <laughs> just staring like straight at him, like not even kidding. Just looking at him, like, "Yeah, I want, I want World's Best Driver." Yeah. And uh, I took it back to the office, and I had this. I used to get these crazy haircuts. I don't know what I was thinking, uh-huh. but they were like a bowl haircut, essentially. Yeah, I remember that. And, you know, and, and I was like, I look back and go, that's a stupid haircut. But it worked perfect for this picture because I went to work and I was so happy acting like, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> and they're like, did you get the game? I was like, I sure did. <laughs> and I hold it up and I just had this cheesy looking grin in my face with my bowl haircut and the Hot Wheels World's Best Driver right in front of my chest. Oh, man. And just like... <laughs> Look like Smile. a dork. <laughs> so there was a guy at work who thought I was completely serious. Okay. And he was going to make fun of me. Uh-huh. And he comes over and takes a picture, posts it on Reddit. And I was on the oh. front page of the gaming subreddit <laughs> like all, <laughs> all morning. And I kept getting voted up and down. And I stayed there. A, oh. a buddy of mine from high school texted me. He's like, I found you. I was like, you sure did. <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard this story. I know. Well, that's my GTA memory. I don't play the game, but I love it. It's fun. Okay. Yeah, that that counts. (laughs) That's great. But, yeah, but moving on from that, not much to say there, but moving on from that, they showed, they officially led off with a new Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, you played Spider-Man too, uh, the first Amazing Spider-Man, right? I did, yeah. I I really enjoyed it. Regardless of what my wife will say, I really did like that game. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> she she would tell you, no, you were yelling and screaming and fussing the whole time. Like, yeah, but I was enjoying it so much. Yeah. You know, um, and I don't remember. Is this a new storyline or was there another Spider-Man besides Peter Well, Parker? I was going to get to that. Uh, this is uh, the official title is Spider-Man Miles Morales. An event. Supposedly, well, not supposedly, they've actually said this is a, a game sort of like Uncharted The Lost Legacy was. Not really a DLC, not really expansion, but big enough to stand on its own. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, um, uh, I guess you can call it Spider-Man 1.5, you know, before they get into Spider-Man 2. Okay. Because I was looking at the game and my first reaction was, hmm, doesn't look as advanced as what I was expecting a PlayStation 5 game spider-man to look like but i was like still looks really great yeah but then it's like i was thinking it's like no wait spider-man came out um was that 2018 or 2019 i think it was 19 yeah i can't really i don't know i think it was 18 but um all right well i'm whatever it came out and it's like it hasn't been that long since its release so i'm like thinking well it's not that long since that last game came out. So, of course, it's not going to look that advanced because they're working off of old assets. But um, then it kind of struck me. It's like, if this version of the game looks this good, what's Spider-Man 2 going to look like after a year or two of, you know, working on PS5 hardware that people are actually familiar with? You know? But um, are you excited about the new Spider-Man? or are you? Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. Like... Based on what I saw, I mean, it looks like it's going to be fun. Right. So, I mean, there's not much else to go based on right now. Yeah, I mean, that. that was one of the few trailers where they didn't have, like, actual gameplay shown shown off in some form or another. Um, but people kind of know what they were going to get yeah. out of that game. Web you swinger, know. swinging around. Yeah, they know how that game works. So, yeah. it's like, they, they know how it is. And uh, that's one of the few games, also one of the few games that actually had a, some kind of release date attached to it saying Holiday 2020. So we'll be we'll be playing that um, around the time uh, the PlayStation Five releases. Yeah. So that that that's a game we can. Maybe we'll to. see like bundles with it. <laughs> you, you could probably guarantee you're going to see some kind of bundle on Black Friday um, if that game comes out uh, on time. Uh, then after that, uh, we had Gran Turismo Seven. I don't know if you were ever a no, Gran ne- Turismo guy. I never really got into that. That's mm. I remember uh, Brandon Lowry was into that. Yeah, still is. Yeah, he yeah. was into that for a while, a long time. I went over to his place one time. He's like, mm. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, he's but, got the driving wheel. And everything. But yeah, he was <laughs> hardcore into it, like shifting and everything. Yeah. I'm just like, I get enough of that already in reality. I play games to escape and do things that I can't normally do. I can drive. I mean, I can't drive race cars like that. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. It just, it, I never really got into it. So, yeah. I remember, I remember playing the first uh, uh, Gran Turismo on PlayStation. And, Followed the I, I bought Gran Turismo up until probably the PlayStation Three, and at that time I kind of fell off the series and stuff. Um, this new Gran Turismo though, it's making me think that I might have to pick that one up because it just looked amazing. It did. It did look amazing. I'll give it that. It did look really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like one thing that they didn't really tout a lot about in any of these tra- uh, trailers, first party or otherwise. They weren't. They weren't like tossing out frame per second numbers or resolution or ray tracing technology and stuff like that. They weren't really like shouting those terminologies. They were just letting the games kind of do the speaking for them, which I really like, you know, not getting bogged down in the technical stuff. You know, it's like, 
take it as it is and run with it. Yeah. And that allows people to make their own opinions of it too. Mm -hmm. Like, here's what it looks like. Do you like this kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Is it for you? Yeah. Well, here's what you could potentially do. Yeah. You know, instead of using all those buzzwords of ray tracing and, you know, SSD speed and all that thing we've heard about so many times, it's just, here's the raw game. Go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then after that, they uh, went in and showed Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Right. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that. I mean, that game is going to be something that until we actually play it, we're really not going to be able to really fully appreciate um, the advancements, you know, that have been that happened. Right. But it's also a game that I'm not going to be afraid based on past franchise history. Mm hmm. Of playing in front of my daughter, who's That's not true. even two yet. So I was like, yeah, I'll play this. It'll look great. I'll have a good time. Yeah. And I won't have to worry about what comes on TV. Yeah. And by the time your daughter's old enough to play games. Yeah. I mean, that's one she could pick up. Probably, yeah. I'll go, and I'll go back and play it with her, too. Yeah, exactly. So I think the one thing that I, I, I was really impressed with wasn't just the um, uh, the speed of the SSD and loading into dimensions and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm just looking how busy Everything was. Oh, yeah. You had NPCs running everywhere. You had bullets, particles, bolts, effects all going at the same time. And it could have been the stream. It could have been any number of things. But, I mean, it just, it ran relatively smoothly. Yeah. And it was like, (laughs) it was like a shrug of the shoulder for the system. So, I mean, it's like, if that's what that game is going to be like all the way through, that's going to be... That's going to be one crazy experience. Absolutely. And that that kind of points to all these fast travels and things that we have in games. Maybe they're actually like almost instant travels now. You know, And that's what they're talking about. You're not they're, sitting there yeah. waiting for the game to actually load when you're fast traveling. Go get a Coke out of the fridge, come back, still still loading. Yeah, and that's something that uh, Mark Cerny said during the Road to PlayStation 5 um, tech thing that he did. Uh, he said that... <clears throat> Basically, fast travel is going to be instantaneous and that the developers might have to put in a second of something just so you're not jarring the player Mm -hmm. in some way or another. But, yeah, I mean, it's like out of all the demos, I think that was the one that showed the most out of the PlayStation's potential. Yeah, I think so. I think the rest of them more of a introductory because some of those titles that they're new mm-hmm. or at least i they're new to me i right. haven't seen them before so i was like this is more of an intro but like look at this cool little world mm-hmm. look at this cool thing where that one was like you know us we've been here before we've done this before look what we can do now yeah and we can just yeah i mean that that was that was definitely the one you want to key into if you want to really know what you could expect from the playstation 5 mm-hmm. as far as what the machine is capable of but Moving on from that, uh, Square Enix, they showed something called Project Athia. Yeah, yeah. So it was a it was a quick little montage of different things showing different fantasy elements, dragons, castles, um, uh, a young girl with magical powers leaping from platform to platform and things like that. Hard to tell what that game's going to be. It, it really is. And to be honest, at the beginning of it, they said something like, she will rise. I think, oh, it's a Tomb Raider. This is going to be great. <laughs> and it wasn't a Tomb Raider, right. but it was, it was still a a female character. And I was like, oh, okay, what are you going to do now? Right. And it, it did look very interesting. Like, there wasn't a whole bunch to, to go on there, but it was intriguing enough that what we saw is like, okay, that looks good. Yeah, the thing that um, – uh, the thing about it that's kind of um, – 
has has uh, has me questioning uh, the game is the fact that it doesn't really have a title. It's called Project Athia, and it's like normally when you see these early demos uh, with the name like Project Whatever or something or code name, they generally don't come out. You know, they get mentioned. They might get another trailer the next year or something like that, and then all of a sudden they just fade away from. Uh, public view and then three or four years later you're going whatever happened to that one game uh what was it called da, 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 da. and then it's like yes that one yeah and da, da, it's like da, da, batman and yeah, then it's like one. um the developer's like oh yeah we dropped that a long time ago yeah. <laughs> you know but um and there must be something special in it though if sony kept it in there if knowing that that's the history of games like that it must be getting ready to do something Special well, or take advantage of everything the console can one do. One thing that it did say before the demo started is said developed for PlayStation Five. So this is some kind of partnership they yeah. have with uh, Square Enix, much in the same way that they had the partnership with Unreal uh, for the Unreal Engine Five demo. You know, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that game actually comes out or if we'll see anything of it in the next year or two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't put money on it, but yeah, well, we'll just knows? see what happens. Yeah, but after that, we had a game called Stray. It was that, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was that <laughs> game that you apparently play as a cat. Yeah, that's looks interesting. And everyone's a robot now. Humans are gone. Yeah, I mean, I went to the website to see. It didn't really give a. It's developed by a studio called Blue Twelve Studio. They're out of France. And uh, going to the website, and this is just a little excerpt from uh, their game descriptor. It says, Stray is a third-person cat adventure game set amidst the detailed neon-lit alleys of a decaying cyber city and the murky environments of its seedy underbelly. Roam surroundings high and low, defend against unforeseen threats, and solve the mysteries of this unwelcoming place inhabited by nothing but unassuming droids and dangerous creatures. So that was just a little bit of huh. what was off the website. So it it could be pretty pretty interesting. It's a different perspective, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's I've like never played as a cat before. Yeah, like a genuine cat. We've played cat-like creatures. We've, you know, blinks the cat and several <laughs> games like that. Um, so I'm gonna tell you, that's gonna be a game that either a I wait for you to play and tell me how good it is, <laughs> or b I wait till it goes on sale somewhere and then pick it up just out of curiosity. Well, what if I told you there's co-op? Well, that changed my mind because <laughs> <laughs> you know we're co-op buddies on a lot. Well, of we games. sure are. But yeah, I mean, it's like the page uh, farther down in the stray website page, game page, uh, they just toss in there that you have a little drone buddy that hmm. you work with. So I'm like thinking, well, maybe there's an opportunity for co-op in there. Or but I don't know. Or maybe it's like where one person is really playing and that droid is just there to collect things. That's not really co-op though. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like uh, when Mario Galaxy came out for the Wii and uh, second player to, can use another Wii mode yeah. to collect stars yeah, you're or not throw really, them. You're not really like playing. That. You're, you're not, just assisting. Yeah. In. You're not participating at all, you know? So – I don't know. It, it could be really fun. Could be really interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's hard to tell what that what that's going to be. So moving on from there, we have Returnal. Do you remember this game? 
do I remember this game? I mean, I, it's a new game, but do you remember it from yeah, the show? I do remember it from the show. Uh, she's in like a space mask and everything. Yeah, it seems to be caught in a time loop. Something like that. I That was one of those that seemed really weird to me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, hmm. And that was my thoughts. Hmm. Like, exactly. Okay, right. cool, huh? Mm. So what if I told you it's from the developers that did Dead Nation? Oh, well, that changes my perspective yeah. a little Super bit. Super Stardust Delta. Okay. And uh, stuff like that. Because um, Dead Nation came out on PlayStation 3. You played a lot of that game. I sure did. We played a little bit of yep. it together. Yep. Stuff like that. But yeah, Housemark. But this they, one doesn't uh, look like a top-down kind of thing. And that's the thing. They made an announcement after their last game came out, um, which was, uh, let's see, what was that last game? Next Machina, I think it was. Uh, that was a top-down twin-stick kind of high-score game. And they um, they said that they were moving away from doing those top-down little uh, digital things because they they didn't sell real well for them. If it weren't for the PlayStation Plus deals that they had and giving the games away, they said that they'd be in a lot of trouble. Hmm. But so so they were going to go more bigger, more AAA uh, sort of thing. So when you look at that trailer and you watch it, it's like, what is this? A kind of a survival horror game or things? Like, and then you get yeah. later in the trailer, it's like, oh man, those are a lot of bullets. Oh, it's a third person shooter. It's like, oh man, <laughs> this looks very much like a bullet hell, <laughs> you know. And then you look and it's like, I saw, I was like, House Mark. Oh, so that got me really intrigued. It's like, okay, so what are they going to do in this space? Because I really liked Resogun. I like Nex Machina. Um, I liked Resogun as well. Um, I mean, it's like Dead Nation was great. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And that reminds me, you have Alienation, right? I do. Yeah, we need to start playing that. We're looking for co-op games. It's like, we need to pick that one You've up. You've played it already, haven't you? A little bit. Oh, you haven't got it? Like, Platinums and all that stuff? Yet? Oh, no, no. I haven't spent much time on it because I was waiting for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of forgot about it because there's a there's a real fun kind of, it's almost like Diablo 3. Kind of mm-hmm. has that looter kind of uh, thing to it where you're going in, you're finding new weapons and new things to kill aliens, aliens with and in environments. So yeah, we need to pick that up. Again. Well, after we uh, finish a way out, we'll pick that back up. Yeah. Again. Way out's not going to last us that long if we stay consistent with it. But anyway, but back to the games after returnal, we have the return of Sackboy. Yeah. From the little big planet series. Yeah. That's another uh, franchise that I never really got into. Yeah. Sackboy, big adventure made by sumo digital. And, uh, we were just talking about family-friendly games, and this is definitely one of them. It would be, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, did you play the Mario 3D World games? Uh, Yeah. You're talking about on the um, 3DS the 3DS and the Wii U. Yeah. Yeah. This, this seems to be a, a game much like that. You have that top-down view. You have a little figure running around a 3D space. Uh, it seems to be up to four players. So, And I think this is a, a kind of game that, you know... Nintendo normally fills the gap mm-hmm. in, in games like this, but I think more games like this would be great for yeah. a younger generation because I don't, I mean, when I think about the games I played as a young kid, I had kid games, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you're seeing what's happening to kids who just start out playing Call of Duty at like 10, 12 years old. They turn into little angry little kids. And it's, it's like, your parents let you play these games? 
<laughs> I mean, I've run into some very responsible parents who let their kids play these games and they teach them, you know, good values, how to behave themselves online, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. But most of them, they, they're not taught that way. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just my observation. But any other thoughts on Sackboy? Uh, my wife did say she would like that game. I okay. said, yeah, I bet you would. She's like, yeah, absolutely. So would. you'd play that with her? Uh, if she wanted to play it, I'd play it with her. Okay. But it's not a game that I would play if I wasn't playing it with somebody else mm-hmm. or had her beside me playing it or something right. like that. Okay. Uh, so moving along quickly, Destruction All-Stars. Yeah, I don't think that, that was really gonna, weird. Uh, yeah, um, I don't think that one. It kind of reminded me when they revealed rigs for PSVR. Yeah, oh yeah. It's like they're really trying to get that esports game. Yeah, I don't I don't see that one going very yeah. far. I mean, it could be fun. I imagine it might be a PlayStation Plus game at some point in time. And it kind of reminds me of uh, PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Yeah, it even has the All-Stars name on yeah, it. Yeah, so I wonder if they're going for something there. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it looks like you can get out of the car. Oh, really? And just start beating people? Yeah, because it's like they did show people getting uh, – the cars get destroyed and they get flung out and they're still surviving. Or yeah. like there might be an eject kind I don't know. of thing. At this point, based on what we've seen, it's either going to be really good or it's just going to be really bad. Yeah. And I don't really feel like it's going to be in between. It's going to have a really good fan base or people just aren't going to care. Or it could surprise us just like um, uh, uh, just like Rocket League did, you know? Yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, I, I liked Rocket League from the start. Like, when I first right. started playing, I was like, this is so much fun. Right. And when I saw, like, gameplay of it, I was like, that looks fun. Let me try that. When I saw this, I didn't have that same didn't grab feeling. you that way. No, it didn't. Okay. It's it's more about, it looked like showing well, off. You never know until you give it a try. That's right. But then, moving on, there's uh, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Oh, that one looked cool. Yeah, that one looked, it was a gorgeous game. It looked like a Pixar animation or something like that. Yeah. That's what it looked like. And those little tiny creature things in it yeah look like little, those little things in star wars yeah you remember pikmin yeah yeah yeah, yeah uh, the way that they kind of moved around and stuff like that it kind of gave me pikmin vibes yeah um kind of cross between like a 3d action adventure game uh with little pikmin mechanics where you can just command those guys to do things yeah, it, yeah. i'll play it just because it looks really yeah, good that's right that's made by a group called ember lab and they did a um oh i didn't write this down but um they did a little 3D animated short based on Majora's Mask. That was just amazing. And I wish I could remember the name of it, but uh, I'll look it up later and I'll tell you about it because you have to see it. It's it's just amazing. But um, after that, they showed Goodbye Volcano High. Yeah, I didn't really. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a coming of age story but they're dinosaurs the the anime <laughs> style in it wasn't really my style so yeah. i well, just kind of didn't I, I looked at my nephew and we we're like you know what it's like pretty much only in games do you get something like this <laughs> you know see that's like someone just had a dream like that would be a good game and put that into a game yeah i mean i think it's a cool concept uh, it's not my type of game but it's like a lot of people love those narrative you know kind of uh uh kind of kind of adventure games mm-hmm. so i'm sure it's going to have a really good audience behind it uh after that there was odd world soul storm by odd, odd world inhabitants uh, yeah i didn't get in the odd world stuff either yeah. I, I tried one of the odd world games before and it just didn't grab me odd world is a well it's odd it's yeah um, maybe that's it's what got it an environmental message to it and 
things like that. A very tongue in cheek, kind of dark humor, yeah. comedy type of thing. And uh, it's a puzzle game, much like uh, Lemmings, you know, where you have to gather people or gather your people to help them escape an environment, escape traps. And you could, and your success is, getting, uh, is measured by how many people survive mm-hmm. a situation. So. This game has been in development for a long time. It's probably a game I would watch, like on Twitch or something. Mm-hmm. Watch somebody play it, but yeah. I don't think I'd want to play it myself. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in it. I remember playing the uh, the first Oddworld games way back on PlayStation One, and um, yeah, PlayStation One. I think that was a PlayStation One game. I don't know. It came out on PlayStation Two. I know for sure. But um, yeah, it. I want, I want to try it. I want, I want to see what's going on with it after so many years of development, things like that. But um, then we move on to Ghostwire Tokyo, made by Tango Gameworks. They uh, did um, The Evil Within mm-hmm. a few years back. Um, did you see the E3 trailer they showed last year? No. Well, the way they showed it off, it, it, it seemed like it would be another survival horror game. Much in the same way that Evil Within was, or Resident Evil, because the guy who founded the studio, he's he's pretty much considered the father of the Resident Evil series. But um, then they showed this trailer, and you find out that it's first person, and it's a lot more action-oriented than what people were expecting. Hmm. Because people were expecting kind of a scary thing, but it ended up, you know, being uh, more action-oriented. <laughs> so it's... it's kind of strange how that made a flip but supposedly that's a timed console exclusive for playstation so that'll be on playstation 5 first and it'll be on pc as well sometime in 2021 but uh after that we had jet the far shore i don't remember that one at all yeah the thing it was kind of an abstract thing but it, it happened during the the reveal that kind of made you go think that kind of the middle where things kind of lull, lull a little bit before they show something that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Maybe that's but why I don't remember it. Probably, but that's one I'm, I'm looking into because it's made by Super Brothers in collaboration with uh, Pine Scented. Super Brothers, they did um, uh, a lot of mobile games, uh, which were actual games on mobile. And I played a few of them and I really liked them. So, And this one has me intrigued. Uh, Ethan, he said that it kind of gave him some vibes like Flower. Oh, you know, where you're okay, that little cool. spaceship yeah, that yeah. they showed off and it's like going around exploring. It's like almost like kind of like in a, in interstellar as well. You know, you're sending that small spaceship out to explore a place and things like that. So that'll well, be interesting. That might be cool then if it's like flower, if it's going to be like that. Yeah. That would Who be. knows what it's going to be like, but I, all I know it's kind of got interstellar vibes and it kind of gave off some exploration kind of things. But after that, we had Godfall made by Counterplay Games. It's uh, it was shown off at the Game Awards last year, <clears throat> and um, it was a really nice trailer that they showed off. And this trailer, particularly, was a gameplay trailer, but it didn't show it in the greatest light. Um, but it's a, a melee kind of looter brawler mm-hmm. type of thing. So I don't know. We we need to see more about that than a little bit to really know what that's gonna be. Yeah. So, and then after that, it was Solar Ash by Heart Machine. Uh, though it was uh, developed by the Heart Machine, uh, made the game Hyper Light Drifter. I didn't play that one. Well, it was a uh, kind of a top-down 2D 
almost RPG-ish kind of okay. uh, kind of game. But um, them going into 3D, it looks like a hyperlight drifter kind of game um, in, in its appearance. Almost like it could be a spiritual successor, but they're moving into 3D. Uh, after that was Hitman 3 by IO Interactive. Which, yeah, Death Awaits. Yeah, so are you familiar with the Hitman game? Yeah, they were really hard for me. Oh, okay, so you've played a few? <laughs> I played one, and it was like, nope. <laughs> okay. I just... I don't know. I didn't get that casual vibe that I look for when I play games. No, from, from uh, Hitman. Hitman is a hardcore stealth game. Yeah. And stealth, like I can play to an extent like Assassin's Creed or something like that. Right. But if you have to be stealthy, I'm terrible at it. Yeah. And the more time I try to f- to focus on being stealthy, the more frustrated I get. So right. therefore, the more unstealthy I become. Right. I'm just like, Gah! Okay. So Hitman, <laughs> Hitman's another series I never got into. I've seen it from afar, and I, I keep thinking, that would be fun. Yeah. I should play that. And every time I try to play that, I go, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? Yeah. And then I come back to it. It's like a love-hate relationship or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, this is the first uh, – they've, they've had a few Hitman games. They had Hitman 1, then they had a few that weren't numbered, and then they have Hitman 2. Right. And uh, now they're moving on to Hitman 3. And I might actually try this one out. I haven't played a Hitman game, but they seem like they're right up my alley. I love stealth games. Yeah. So, like I said, I probably will try it out. I probably won't like it. I'll probably come back to it going, I should play this. I probably won't like it. I'll probably keep – it's just like there's some appeal to it that keeps drawing me in. Right. And then I go, no. There's something there that you feel like you should like. But like, when you I should play like it, this game. I should like it. Yeah, when you play it, it's just not what you're expecting or something. No, but then I keep thinking about it. I was like, I'm going to play it again. No, wait. Same experience. Didn't like it. No, <laughs> I'm going to play it again. It's like, what is it? Okay. All right. So after that, we had Astro Playroom. Which... Um. Yeah, so that was like on the VR, wasn't it? Uh, Astro... Um... Yeah, Playroom was a... Uh, was a... Like, was Playroom free on PlayStation 4 when they released? Uh, I think it was. But yeah. I think Astro, I remember playing him. Well, Astro Bot, uh, yeah, Astro Bot is a, a VR game. Yeah. Yeah. And a uh, really good VR game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to make an argument for VR being a legitimate platform, that's one of those games you want to point to. Uh, it's tons of fun in VR. But uh, they've kind of turned Astro into a mascot now for, for the brand. And so... Just like Playroom was kind of a demo, kind of a family party game demo for the touchpad and stuff on the PS4 controller. Uh, I imagine that's the same objective for uh, this game because showed a lot of different functionality for the controller and stuff like that. And supposedly there's a lot more functionality with uh, the DualSense, you know, with haptics. And I imagine that's what that's going to be. Just another kind of like what. Wii Sports was a demonstration for uh, Wii motion controls. Mm-hmm. This is pretty much that. This will be a fun demonstration, though. I mean, that I remember playing that before, and I was like, this is really fun. Yeah. I'm not really doing much, yeah, but now, this is fun. Playroom VR, now that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> playing Playroom VR was pretty cool because like you can have those 4v1s uh, with one person in the VR headset and other people in the in the environments and stuff like that. That was a great demonstration. So I'm 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 I, I'm really in approval of games to like demonstrate features. Speaking of the controller, what do you think about the mic being built in to the controller? I kind of like that really? um, because you know you might be in transition, uh, <laughs> like plugging in a mic, putting up to your face. Hold on, I gotta move over to my other headset. Well, I don't think you actually need to do that. Uh, the PlayStation camera has a mic in it, and it picks up a lot. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
Like uh, sometimes that's all Brandon uses when we're playing Call of Duty. He uses that because he gets the audio through his speakers. And so he gets the chat through his speakers so his uh, girlfriend can hear uh, the chat. Yeah, she can be a part of the conversation. Yeah, I've done that before. So, yeah. And um, it works. It's not the best, but it works pretty good. It just seems strange. functions. like you might like smother him in a pillow. You hear, what did you say? I said to, I said to get him. Well, Come on, they're on your Think about it. Supposedly, there's going to be some beam forming technology. Are you familiar with beam forming? Mm-mm. Basically, it's using uh, AI and things to uh, project where the mic picks up and to concentrate on a specific sound. So it kind of blocks out everything else and and just. Locks onto that side. Well, I wonder why they didn't put it like on the top of the controller or something. They put it like on the bottom where you plug it in, like where you plug your headset in to the bottom. That's where they put the mic. That's what it looked like to me. Right. So it seems like it'd make more sense if it was on top. Yeah, you would think that, but um, it really doesn't need to be, to be honest. Because when you think about some Bluetooth headsets, the mic's like right here. Yeah. Like right on your cheek. It's not in front of your mouth at all, but it picks up fine. Yeah. You know, so it might not not need to be, but... Uh, moving on, uh, we have Little Devils Inside by Neostream. So I don't know if you remember this game uh, from the trailers, but it was kind of like that weird paper mache blocky looking guy. And he's like going around the world killing monsters. And mm, vaguely. Like yeah. Well, that, that game looks pretty cool to me. I, I was looking at that and I was like, the trailer showed. Basically, it's an action RPG. You're going around the world hunting monsters. Um, it's a game that actually uh, was kickstarted. It was a successful Kickstarter. So I think it was supposed to come out last year, but you know, just like most Kickstarter games, they kind of take a little longer than expected. So I think it got pushed back, but supposedly that's coming out sometime uh, this year or next for PlayStation 5 uh, and also other platforms. So... Uh, after that, we have NBA 2K21. I don't know if you're an NBA 2K guy. No, I'm not, but that looks really good. Yeah. Like the sweat coming off of him. That was gross. <laughs> it was gross, but it was really cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like, that was the thing that I took away from it was like, oh, that sweat's so real. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's yeah, but that's what made it cool. It's like, that sweat's so real. That's really neat. Yeah. So... Obviously, sports games in general are going to get a really big upgrade. Yeah. You know, um, especially when, when you look at something like NBA 2K series where you can get up real close to the action and stuff like that and focus in on a player. Um, then you take something like Madden where you do have to kind of be far back, but the new technology and how much bigger you can make the worlds in games you're going to have fully realized stadiums with fully realized crowds now. And who knows how what they can do with crowd noise and crowd reaction. That 3D audio headset that they're coming with. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to the 3D audio part in here in a minute. But um, moving on to the next game, it's Bug Snacks by Young Horses. They're the, <laughs> they brought out um, uh, Octodad. I didn't play Octodad, but I thought that Bug Snacks game, it looked kind of funny and intriguing. Yeah, it's like bug snacks. Yeah, it, it had Who, one of my favorite trailers. Did you just make up a word? What what is this? Yeah, it was one of my favorite trailers. Um, it really takes the whole concept. You are what you eat. Yeah, quite literally. 
But I love at the end how it's like all of a sudden it's like these snacks just start melting together into this creature and he just charges the camera and he's like, well, that got dark. <laughs> I love stuff like that. <laughs> but another family-friendly kind of game, possibly. Maybe. Uh, then there's Demon Souls uh, being remade by Bluepoint Games. So I thought it looked amazing. I never played Demon Souls, but yeah. it looked really Have you good. any pl- played any of the Souls games? Mm-mm. Bloodborne? No. Dark Souls. No, because I heard they're really hard. And yeah. Like I said. And that's I the point I of I don't want to – I know. And I don't want to throw my controller and I don't want to be frustrated yeah. by them. Yeah. I mean, if you – if you you have to go into those types of games with the knowledge that you're going to die. And dying is a part of the process mm-hmm. because that's a part of learning how to defeat something. Absolutely. So – The last thing I need to do before bed is die. Yeah. 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 Be left with that sour taste in your yeah. mouth. Of be defeat. Dreaming about it. Because you night. are super competitive. <laughs> be dreaming about it all night. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are super competitive. Yeah. And it's like, I remember just playing backyard football with you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you would have your football face on. That's right. I was like, gosh, man, we're just playing <laughs> we're out just here playing. in the yard. <laughs> Get on my it's not like you were over aggressive or anything <laughs> like that. It's just like, you were, you were like, I'm here to play football. Let's play football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, Demon Souls. Uh, this will be the first time it's actually been re-released. Uh, and the thing about Demon Souls is the fact that Demon Souls was—it's a Sony title, even though it was made by From Software. Apparently, Sony owns the Demon Souls um, game title and IP. That's why uh, From Software went Dark Souls. And they own that, and they can do whatever they want with that. Um, so that's why there was a separation, and why there's never been a Demon Souls two, or something like that. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a Demon Souls fan or a Souls fan of any kind from from software, uh, people should be very excited for that. And the fact that Blue Point made it, they did the remake of um, Shadow of the Colossus, mm-hmm. which that was an excellent remake. So, um, so next up was, uh, death loop. Do you remember that one? Mm. Start talking about it. Maybe I will. Well, it's about that guy. It's like, uh, they say they're two opposing assassins and this Island is everybody on this Island is uh, in a, in sort of a groundhog day type of time loop, but oh, it yeah. only happens when they die. That's right. And is that the one where she said even death has no escape? Yeah, and this guy's just trying to get off the island or just stop the loop in, in, in entirely. So what it looks like, uh, I, this was another game that was showed off at E3 of last year in a trailer, a stylized trailer. And that E3 trailer showed kind of two opposing assassins trapped in a time loop, and they're just trying to kill each other. This dem- this this trailer showed more of of an adventure single player campaign element to it, to where you're going through environments, kill, uh, you know, trying to achieve an objective. I don't know how linear or how open that might be. It seems like it might be kind of what some describe as wide linear, where you have like a big play space, but there is an end goal at the end of that. Everything's built with a purpose for an end goal, but um, it's just chock full of, more options to get there. But um, it seems like there's trial and error to each environment that you're trying to reach a certain objective. And, but at the same time, there's, they're, they're hinting at uh, 
an adversarial type of element to it, multiplayer uh, 1v1 element, to where maybe another player is actually opposed to you getting that goal, and they're killing you, you're killing them, <laughs> stuff like that, and it's just in a time loop. Hmm. So... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that turns out. It's made by Arcane Studios. Uh, they've done the. Um, oh, what was that? Off the top of my head, they did two of them, three of them technically. Why can I not remember the name of that game? I feel horrible, but anyway, we're running out of time. So we have Resident Evil Eight Village by Capcom. Were you ever a Resident Evil fan? Uh, not really. I, I played like one with a buddy, but I didn't really finish it. Right. We kept kind of getting stuck in some areas and mm. we progressed and we got to like this glitchy area. We're like, what's going on? I never played this game before. You said it's awesome. Why Why is it glitching? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, this doesn't normally happen. I was like, it's because I'm playing it, isn't it? I know. Yeah. I know it is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it seems like this game is uh, taking uh, some inspiration from Resident Evil 4 in that setting. Um, Resident Evil 4 was, uh, the first Resident Evil game I actually played and enjoyed. I don't like scary games. Yeah. I don't. I'm a big baby when it comes to jump scares and different things like that. Like trying to play Outlast when it came out on PlayStation uh, Plus and I was just like, I'm going to try this. Nope, I'm not going to try this. <laughs> <laughs> funny thing, funny thing is, nothing really ever happened, and you were just like, uh, the exactly. whole time. You're like, I do not want to go down that hallway. I, really I know what's down that. I hallway. don't want to go down there. I'm going to die. Except you don't. <laughs> exactly. But you know, just the sheer dread was just too much for me. <laughs> oh yeah, the suspense, the music, it creeping around you. Yeah. And then when something does happen, it's like, oh no, no, <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm not doing die. this. <laughs> yeah, but just I'm not doing this. No. And then you don't die. Nope. But. So, I don't know. I'm actually kind of, uh, I don't know if I'm going to play this one. I didn't play 7, but um, and 7 had the VR in it. And I was like, I'm not playing Resident Evil 7 in VR, even if I was going to play it. Because <laughs> that's just asking for a heart attack. But Well, I definitely won't play it before bed, tell you that. Ooh. <laughs> no. Definitely wouldn't do that. I don't know. But after the Resident Evil, there was Pragmata. Or Pragmata. Another, yeah, that, that seems don't interesting. I don't know what that game is. I have no idea either, but it looked intriguing, I guess. Yeah, it's like you had future space astronaut. And that little girl, like, on the moon or something, whatever it was. Apparently she, an android or something. Because she didn't have a helmet on. She didn't have anything. She had a kind of, like, digital readout in her eyes. And apparently they're just trying to get to Earth. But it looked like they were already on Earth. Yeah, they were, they were in a biodome. Which um, uh, was made to look like Times Square. Yeah. And then, you know, that uh, satellite or space station crashed through, through the dome and you get sucked out into the vacuum. And yep. Yep. Then you're on the moon. Looking down. Yeah. And then it ends. Yeah. And then it ends and you're over here like. What was that? What What did I just see? I, okay, I'm really not sure. But unlike Project Athia, this one has a title. <laughs> so, But we don't know. That might be a code name too. So who knows, but Capcom actually has a history of kind of showing games that never come out. So we'll see what happens with this one. Okay. But next up we come to the big one horizon forbidden West. Dum, dum, dum. So didn't really see gameplay so much, but we can assume that what we saw was in engine uh, footage. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed the first one, like we talked about earlier. So the more Horizon I can get. Mm-hmm. Now, certain elements uh, in the in the trailer could possibly hint at some things that could be coming. Uh, underwater exploration, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a um, little bit of, uh, you know, that free climbing we saw on the cliff. Yeah. So could they possibly be taking a Breath of the Wild approach to traversal? Uh, Climb anything? There's anything a, you want? There's a thought. I don't know. Because I remember playing Horizon and Breath of the Wild at the same time. Oh, really? And going, I really want to climb up that. <laughs> or I would be trying to climb something and going, why can't I get up there? I should be able to get up there. <laughs> so at least you did that with games. What's worse is when you take the game, you think you should be able to do it in reality. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I should be able to harvest these plants over here and make medicine. What do you out mean? Of them. I just can't take a herb and be completely cured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's a lot to be excited about that game. It was like new creatures to fight i mean that turtle coming out of the water yeah that was like ooh, <laughs> that little uh crocodile thing that she was swimming by and swimming yeah. over her head and it's like ooh, yeah and then the, we saw pterodactyls i wonder how she's gonna shoot her bow underwater though she have to have some kind of something you gotta be able to defend yourself underwater right yeah you can probably use a spear she does have that spear nah that's true yeah but uh you can you can shoot bow and arrow underwater yeah but wouldn't it lose some velocity though it wouldn't, really, it, no. it wouldn't have the same effect right well Think of it like a torpedo. So when you shoot it, it's got the fins on it. It's got the head on it. You just, because they're spear fishermen, that's what they do. They uh, It's a rubber band on their hand. They pull it back. They hold the spear like this. And when they loosen their grip, the spear goes through their hands, channels through their hands, straight at whatever. Okay, so maybe it would work. Yeah. So bow and arrow underwater, that, that's not inconceivable. It would probably just take a different form. But yeah, it's it's pretty much kind of the same principle as an as the fletching on the arrow through the air, the the feathers on the back of the arrow mm-hmm. keep it straight, the drag keeps it from wobbling or anything like that, keeps it a, in a straight line. Same thing with water, you know, you have fins on it or whatever, and the drag of those fins through the water will make it go. So it's pretty much kind of the same principle almost. Okay, like wings through the air. But, uh, and that was the last thing they showed officially, but then they had a sizzle reel at the end of all the games that were shown. Mm -hmm. There was one game on there that they didn't really have a, have an actual trailer for, or at least I don't remember them doing one. It was for a game called The Pathless. And, uh, they were done by Giant Squid. Uh, they're the people who did Abzu. So they're developers that came out of that game company. Who did Journey and stuff like uh, that? Ah, Journey. Yeah, uh, I was like, say it during say it the sizzle reel, you saw this one character kind of cartoony with a bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah, that's Pathless. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where that came from either. Yeah. I did see that. I do remember seeing that. Yeah, for but... some reason they didn't give that any trailer time except except for that sizzle reel, and I don't know why. But that was a game that was supposed to launch with the Apple Arcade um, app. That came out last year. Okay. But it got delayed. So now it's no longer an Apple Arcade timed exclusive. It'll just come out on PlayStation 4, PS5, Apple Arcade, and the Epic Game Store on PC. So, but yeah, it was just so strange that it's like, you're watching the sizzle reel, and it's like, what was that game? They never showed that game. 
<laughs> and it's like I remember seeing that game in a in a Game Informer magazine article, and I was like, I know that game. What is that game? So I went on the internet, did some research. Oh yeah, it was that game. Why in the world is that there? And I didn't get an actual trailer. That is just one of the weirdest things. Well, ran out of time. You only have a small amount of time. They had as much time as they wanted. <laughs> I mean, it's their show. <laughs> I guess it's true. But it's like just that one. You couldn't give them 30 seconds? Nope. <laughs> Obviously not. Like, oh, yeah, I only got this thing, too. Yeah, but that was just so weird. Yeah. But, yeah, and that was pretty much all the games that they showed. And then they surprised us with hardware reveal. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about the hardware, but, you know, it's like the overall impression is you like it, you don't like it. Um, I think it's interesting. I guess. Um, it's not what ever, anybody really expected. No, not at all. I, I mean, I've heard it called a Wi-Fi router, and yeah. I I can see that. I can I, see I why saw somebody calling it the Tower of Sauron. They, yeah, the Eye of Sauron. Yeah, yeah they the eye Photoshopped the eye. Yep, <laughs> yeah, I can see that too. Um, my biggest thing is I was concerned if it could land outside or not, and I've seen images that yeah. suggest that it can, mm-hmm. but it still looked like it had its base underneath it, like that little platform thing. Yeah, it's true. They in did, the image. The picture did seem to have that uh, – uh, the the uh, yeah the the um, uh, stand yeah it's like okay so it can land outside but it still has to sit on that stand yeah because I don't want it to stand up because I don't want it to be knocked over right yeah the it's it's weird because it is on it it sits on the disk drive so with the way that it's shaped you know it's like the disk drive being on, on on the table or wherever it is, that means the other half of the console will be kind of floating, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool when you think about it, but it's like, it's still a very un, untraditional look for for a console. You know, I heard somebody say that it reminds them of like the Avenger Tower or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can see that too. It's it's definitely very different, like you just said. That, that curve, it's almost like an art sculpture mm-hmm. sitting on your desk or something like that it's it's very interesting yeah and apparently that was the goal they wanted to do something that you know they they're making the assumption that all these consoles most consoles are sitting in people's living rooms or mm-hmm. living spaces and so they said they wanted something that looked like it belonged in the living room um okay i don't think that that looks like it belongs in the living yeah room. i don't know what living room they're living in yeah but it's like my my living room doesn't look anything like that, that. looks like something very futuristic and at like stormtrooper-ish honestly it really yeah. does so i don't think that it doesn't look like it belongs in the living room yeah they said that they also said they were going for something bold you got and, that okay uh, there you go and it's like okay well that's definitely bold for sure yeah. um and also I don't know. But yeah, I mean, my overall impression is I don't really, I mean, it's like, I'm fine with the shape of it. Uh, I like the color of it. Some people don't like the two-tone color of it. Um, now, is that the only version that they're going to have, like color-wise? At, at launch, at that's launch. all they're going to have is that black and white um, color color scheme. Um, as usual, oh, that's the other thing. What are custom, uh, what, what are custom consoles going to look like? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's like we see what they do with the PlayStation 4 Pro and all that stuff. You know, yeah. some of them are pretty cool. Others are like, hey, I don't know. <laughs> you well, know, 
I'm sure the shape will change as the console evolves too. Because I mean, going back to like the PS3, there was a whole bunch of different iterations of the PS3 itself. Well, yeah, PlayStation Two as well. Yeah. So and and PS4 too. There, everything has changed as as the console gets older. They like change the shape just a little bit or right. something like that. Yeah. The I don't I don't know what they're gonna do with it. I mean, it's like it's a big console. When you look at the dimensions, it's bigger than. It's taller than the Xbox Series X. It's um, it's deeper as well. It's bigger than a PlayStation 4 Pro. So it's a big console. And this thing's already a double-stuffed Oreo. <laughs> PlayStation 4 Pro over here. Yeah. And when you think about it in terms of that, I mean, it's almost like, uh, well, it's like my DVD player, my 4K DVD player that's in my entertainment center right now. Yep. You know? And... Then there's a whole thing about, obviously, you said, you know, about the cooling system. It looks like a like a dust vacuum. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I live in a pretty dusty environment. I have cats roaming everywhere and stuff like that. And, you know, when you, when you look at PCs and how they take a lot of effort to put dust filters in and stuff like that, I'm like, I would have liked to have seen something to help dust... You know, and so I'm already over here thinking, like, how can I mod this thing, a dust filter around this thing, uh, outside of putting like a a mesh tent around it? <laughs> you know, nobody touch. But yeah, and then they uh, surprised everybody by revealing an all digital version, right? Yeah, which gets rid of the disc drive, mm-hmm. so it's like it's much more it of a your traditional shape. Yep, and. Uh... Me personally, I'm still going to go for the uh, original one, mm-hmm. the one that actually has the hard drive in it. Right. Because I'm still kind of old school, right? I like the actual physical media discs. Right. I still like to play the whole game of trade things in after I'm done with them, even though there's this whole thing of, well, you don't really get your value out of it. Yeah, but if it's sitting on your console digitally, you don't get any value out of it. You can't trade that in. There's no option for that. Yeah. So, and this is going to be a 4K Blu-ray player, right? So right. I like to have that option. Plus, I take it with me on vacation and things, and mm-hmm. I want to have, if I go to Redbox or whatever it is, somewhere that maybe the Wi-Fi is not so great, right. I can actually get a physical disc right? and, you know, go watch a movie. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the disc, the, the disc drive version is the one for me because I do have 4K Blu-rays. Yeah. Um, I own a 4K Blu-ray player because the PlayStation 4 doesn't support 4K Blu-rays. Um. I own an Xbox, but it's not a series. It's not a Xbox S or the Scorpio version, you know, Xbox one X. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and really there was no reason for me to buy any of those consoles, though I would have liked to have owned them, but it's like, really there are only two games that I play Xbox for, and that's gears of war and uh, halo. <laughs> and we did get a gears of war game that came out, but I didn't really feel like I needed to play it. And even though I do have just a, a release version Xbox one, I still didn't boot it up and say, yeah, let's do this. But the all digital version, I, I can see why they did it. They said they wanted to give options, but I don't know if there's going to be a price difference between the two. You don't think there's going to be a price difference? Um, because of basically I don't think there's going to be a price difference because uh, Jim Ryan, the head of uh, PlayStation right now, he told CNET 
and this is a bit of a paraphrase, but he said, uh, the digital edition does not have a disk drive. That is it. Other than that, they are identical products, meaning the insides are the same. The storage is the same. And really, when you just take the disk drive out, I mean, maybe $50 off, but would it be that significant to where they would even bother make a discount? I would think so. I think there's going to be a difference. Even price. if it's like 20 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> there's going to be some sort of difference in price. I, I would think that right now. Yeah. Well, from his quote, uh, well, not his quote, but from what he said, it leads me to believe that there's not going to be. Well, we'll see. That would be interesting because then it's really up to the consumer to make the decision. Like everything else is equal. The price is the same. Which one do you prefer? And that's really going to drive the next – the consoles as we keep going down this, mm-hmm. right? Do people prefer all digital? Do people still want – Disk space, because I mean that that kind of conversation has been going back and forth for a while. Well, apparently from their research and their data, uh, they see enough people going all digital to where they feel like it's a justification to bring out an all digital version of the console. We'll see what happens then. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm well, not going to go all digital. I like the option of having the digital or disc. Right, me too. So I mean. It's 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 unclear what the price is going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at both machines, Xbox Series X and PlayStation Five, and you just get that feeling that it's like whew, this is going to be expensive, you know. And rumors have scaled for PlayStation Five that price could be anywhere from four hundred all the way up to six hundred. Yeah. So, and I'm, it's getting harder and harder to believe that it's going to be below five hundred dollars, <laughs> you know. So. That leads me to my next question. What do you, what would you pay for a PlayStation 5? What What's too much? Uh, too much? Mm-hmm. I mean, $700 is too much. Too much? 700 If it's 700 I don't know. Right. Um, I'd pay probably between $499 till $599. Right. That's probably in that, in that price margin in there. So $450. I play four fifty, obviously, but mm-hmm. like five fifty, something like that. Right. So anywhere between the five hundred and six hundred dollar range is acceptable. To yeah, you. probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say at this point that's probably acceptable. Okay. And what if they uh, raise the prices of games? How would you feel about that? Is there rumors of them raising the prices of games? No, but I'm just uh, speculating here. <laughs> well, that would kind of offset a little bit of the, I don't want to pay that much for the console. Well, we're going to get you this way then. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be very, very picky if they raise the price of the games. Right. Uh, and that's also another reason why I want, would want a disc based drive to get whichever one is cheaper. Right. If, if the disc is cheaper, I'll go in that way. If the uh, download is cheaper, I'll go that way. Mm-hmm. And that, that's another reason why I like the option. So if they raise the price, it'd be a longer time before I actually played the games. Right. Cause to me, like 60, 60 bucks has been like the mark when a new, when a new game comes out for a, a while now, right? Right. As long Over as I, a decade. As long as I can remember, it's been 60 bucks. Since the launch of the PlayStation 3, games has, have been fifty nine ninety nine here in the U.S. Yeah. For this entire time. So I'd almost feel like if you're going to raise the price, there better be more content than I'm already used to getting from right. a $60 price point. Right. Like what's different? Yeah. And, and I guess that's always the argument. Uh value uh, out of a game like you're just you're charging me 59.99 for a game but there's only eight hours of gameplay you know oh okay well then there's something like skyrim 59.99 for that game and i get over 100 hours of gameplay Mm -hmm. 
you know, why are these two the same price? You know, sort of thing. But the economics of making games, how much they cost mm-hmm. versus how long they are. I mean, it's like they're very different. Right. And then there's a whole argument of digital cost versus physical cost. You know, why is why is this game still fifty nine ninety nine even though there's no disc? If they raise the price, like I would adjust eventually. But like right. this is like the new normal. Right. Right. This is what they're doing now. But I would resist at first. Right. And I wouldn't play as many games. Right. And I think that would be the knee jerk reaction. But what if I told you if they say charge ten, fifteen dollars more and they wiped out all microtransactions from a game? Oh, so now you get all the stuff. Well, I don't really do the microtransactions anyway, but that would be more of an incentive. Like all the all this stuff that you would have gotten through a microtransaction, now you're getting. And that's why I was saying, if the value add was there, it would wouldn't be as hard of a pill to swallow, right? Because that, I mean, that's how they make money now, right? It's like right. So they that's sell how you they, the game. That's how they justify the fifty nine ninety nine. They price sell you the game and then try to sell you more add ons for yeah. it. Yeah. So it's like I'm always kind of wondering if we, it's like if if the crowd said. Hey, we'd pay more if you got rid of these microtransactions and things like that. Then the thing is, would the developers actually get rid of them? I don't think they would. <laughs> no, because I think you make more in those than you would if you raise the price of the game 10 bucks. Because eventually your base price is still going to come down the right. older it gets. Yeah. Really, the way I think of it, if, if we charged more, I think it would get rid of like the more predatory practices. Mm-hmm. I think it would be more like a, uh, this is what you get. You pay for this. Versus get a loot box. Maybe you'll get what you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But also, I like the... I like and I don't like at the same time the the way things are now because I have the option, if I really like a game, to almost extend it a little right. further and do something else that I haven't done in it. Or if I don't like it, I'm not pigeonholed into it. Like, well, I've got to do this now, kind of, because I feel like I have to because I paid for it. So, right. you know. So there, there's good things and bad things well, about the Well, there's way content... Like story content and stuff like that. And then there's fluff, like cosmetics mm-hmm. and different things for multiplayer games, uh, swag or whatever. So I was looking for a uh, – because I had this conversation, similar one with a buddy of mine the other day uh-huh. about the price of the thing. And he was – he gave me something pretty good. I'm trying to find it here. Uh, basically saying, you know, we, we have to look to Microsoft for how things have been priced. Right. Because they're the ones that have a completely digital console right now. And so, at least as an option, right? Right. So he says, uh, says Microsoft is the only one that currently sells an all digital console. We must look to them for for pricing. And then he lists the Xbox One S base price as two ninety nine. Right. Uh, the Xbox One S all digital, the base price is two forty nine. Right. So then he says, if we take the non sale percentage then we may be able to reasonably calculate what the difference in PS fry price may be. So he says the his estimate for a potential price point based on what we've seen so far is the PS5 uh, at $500. If it launches at $500, he, he projects that the digital will be $415. Okay. If it launches at $600, he projects that the digital will be $498. Okay. And if it launches at $700, which all price points that we've potentially heard could be, he predicts that it will launch at uh, $581. Mm. But then he said, given how nicely the potential price of of 2 is, the base price being 600 for the original console right. and 498 for the digital, 
given how that actually calculates to be almost exactly a $100 price difference, his prediction is that we will see an all-digital version for $499 and a disk version for $599. He's going based on what Microsoft is using as their model. He says they're going to set the standard, and based on that, this is what we'll see. Hmm. So that would be interesting, and that would fall within the realm of what I would pay for for a console. Yeah. Well, but, those are definitely interesting observations. But do you think that a $100 price difference is what we're going to see? I don't think so. Uh, not for uh, new hardware. Because we also have to take in the fact that the Xbox One S, when they unleashed the all-digital edition, I mean, that was in year six of the console's lifespan. So when you look at the value, not the value, but um, the actual cost of developing uh, manufacturing that console versus when it was brand new costs are way down on the, they're actually starting to make profit off of those consoles where before they weren't making any profit, they were losing money. Hmm. So the, you also have to take into account of how much does, uh, the manufacturing cost of the, of the console is, uh, versus how much does it cost with the disc drive? How much does it cost without? And also the profit margin. You know, because right there, by the time they're bringing out the all digital edition, they can look at this and price out the parts and the manufacturing and price it as such. So, okay, so if we do the all digital edition and we charge it like that, we'll still be making a pretty decent profit mm-hmm. off of that console. And the, the funny thing is we can sit here and speculate and say, well, this makes sense based on – and they can completely surprise us oh, yeah. and do something completely different yeah. and then try to make up a difference yeah. somewhere Right else. now they're looking at – the development of the console in manufacturing, and they're saying, what is an acceptable loss mm-hmm. for us? When yep. it comes to a console launch, that's always the conversation. How do we build this, and what is the exceptional, acceptable loss on each console sold? Um, and that's what they're, that's what both Microsoft and Sony are thinking right now mm-hmm. in terms of their hardware and, and then their, and their pricing. So, but yeah, that, that's a very, very in-depth, very good observation by your friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really great way of looking at it. So good work on his part. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's that's what they told him in the in the chat too. It was me and a couple other guys and it was like, man, that's good. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he's really analytical in his mind too. Yeah, so obviously. He, he, <laughs> he and he thinks of these things and points them out and is like, you know what, yeah, it that's potential. Yeah. But who knows what people are actually thinking? Yeah. Like, who knows the only, what Sony? The only actually... thing about it is that being priced at those ranges. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can imagine that they would adjust them, round them out, either up or down, um, because you don't never see anything just released for five eighty one or whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, they're always rounded numbers. Yeah. They always got that ninety nine, five ninety nine, or whatever. Not, not six, yeah, five so, ninety nine. I mean, but that's nitpicking, you know. But yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's not too far off, but um. But in closing, just one more question. Do you think the excitement for this generational shift is higher or lower than other generational changes? I mean, I think the excitement is – it's pretty high, I would say. Yeah. I feel like the console war has lit on fire far hotter than what it ever has in a long time. Yeah. Like I haven't felt this kind of heat from a console war since Nintendo and Sega. (laughs) (laughs) like super nintendo versus versus genesis yeah i mean it's it's hot right now and i like lying in the sand hot and 
it's it what I'm observing right now, the more and more we learn about these consoles, the more it appears that Sony and Microsoft, the end game is the same. Great games. Mm-hmm. But the way they're getting there are completely different. Yeah. Sony Sony really thinking on speed and how that can change the way games are are developed and experienced. Where Xbox seems to be taking a more linear path, much in the same way that a PC uh, PC guy wants to upgrade his PC. More RAM, more powerful CPU, more powerful GPU equals better games. Yeah, and I heard an interesting point too. Um, somebody made the comment that they think that Sony's not going to necessarily focus on the resolution. Right. They're going to start focusing more on the frame rate. It seems that of way. their games. Yeah, it seems like. Looking at the demos and everything else and the way that they're marketing, they're not throwing the the whole frames per second thing. They're not using that as a marketing term. They're concentrating solely on speed. Mm-hmm. And so the difference between the two consoles could be just that. It's like Xbox, you're going to get more frames. You're going to get more ray tracing. You're going to get more effects. And, you know, it's like things are just going to be more powerful. But on Sony's side, you're going to play some games that you won't be able to get that same experience on Xbox because it's just not fast enough to run that way. You know, so that might mean we might be living in a 4k 30 frames per second present with the PlayStation five where Xbox might be 4k 60, 4k 120 frames. Well, it's going to be really cool to see like what both of these companies come back at a price point, because Mm -hmm. I think that was the big difference. One of the big differences in the last generation was the PS PS4 a little little bit cheaper. Right. So therefore it got more people buying it. So, but if they launch at the same price, which I don't know if they're going to or not, but if they do, that would be really interesting to see where do people lead? Which one do you lean to? Is it because of this is what you've grown up with like me or have you really evaluated the the things and you're like, all right, I, based on what I know, I'm going to go this one. Some people are getting both. I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, I'm going to get both. Yeah. Until they find out it's a $2,000 investment. <laughs> well, yeah. For both. But, um, combined, I say, after you factor in games, controllers sure. and different things, memberships. Um, yeah. but anyway, yeah, the, um, the thing I see is it's almost like Sony's taking more of a Nintendo approach where they're really thinking it's not all about the power. It's all about the tool. Like they talk about the PlayStation five, like it's a precision tool for developers. Mm-hmm. You know? oh, I've heard that it's really easy like to develop, develop on. Well, not only that, developers are just raving about the things that they can do on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously things are going to be pretty, but you know, it's like what Sony want to do wants to do. They want to usher in innovation in games and give developers the tools they need to really realize their game ideas to their fullest potential. Xbox wants to do the same thing, but they're just taking a different path to it by it's kind of like uh preparing two different cars for a race. One one uh one team is making building their car for acceleration and you know quick turns, everything like that. Where the other team is building this honking machine with huge horsepower and it'll climb a mountain like nothing, you mm-hmm. know. But, you know, when it starts getting into the turns, it might be a little slower, you know, things like that. So it looks like Sony's going more fast-paced, more agile little machine that might not have as much horsepower, but it can definitely give you a run for its money. But Xbox, they're just 
they're building a tank. <laughs> they just want to crush you with its power. <laughs> Which, you know, it's kind of like back in the PlayStation 2 era and the Xbox, the very first Xbox. There were games on Xbox that could only run on the Xbox, like Splinter Cell and uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, they were only on Xbox because they couldn't run them on PlayStation 2. So... Uh, I think there was a Call of Duty that was also on Xbox that was not on PlayStation 2 because they couldn't they couldn't run uh, that game hmm. on a PlayStation 2 hardware. So I think we're looking at a future that might be like that to where it's like, I don't think we'll ever get an exception. Like, it can't run on a PlayStation 5, so we're not even going to try to get it to run there. I don't think we're ever going to see that. But I think we're definitely going to see games that are very different on both platforms uh like cyberpunk on uh, xbox series x probably gonna look crazy good lots of effects lots of ray tracing everything else 120 frames whatever i don't know but on playstation it might be just 60 frames not as many effects not as much ray tracing not as much that but you'll never see a load screen ever (laughs) (laughs) you'll never see a texture pop in or anything like that you know, so they're just two different approaches to the same end, mm-hmm. you know, and it's going to be kind of interesting to see how this plays out. And and also for me, like I know more people that are on PlayStation right. than Xbox. So yeah, that's that, your that, that, yeah. So that factors into because most the of the people too. that you are with, they're on PlayStation, but they don't need an Xbox because they're all on high powered PCs. Yeah. So and that's the other thing. That's true. A lot of guys, you know, it's like. What I need an Xbox. I have a power five power PC, and uh, they're going to be running most Xbox games on Windows Store anyway, so uh, I can get my Xbox fixed there. But at the same time, there's going to be some Xbox games that aren't going to be able to run on PC, not because of the horsepower, but because of the data transfer speeds. Because the Xbox Series X is no slouch when it comes to data transfer as well. They're not as fast as Sony, but they're still faster than most PCs are out right now in most people's hands. So it'll be interesting how that happens. But um, any final thoughts on the system or anything like that? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope they tell us when they're going to launch it and what the price point is here soon. Yeah, I've heard rumors of October, and I'm like, that ain't going to happen. Uh, <laughs> it's well. too soon. But, yeah, uh, we we really won't know what things are going to look like until we see Microsoft stuff which they're going to be showing their first-party games in July Okay. Uh, next month. They're going to be showing Halo and whatever they have up, else up their sleeve. So there's a lot to be excited about on both sides. And, yeah, I would like to get both, but I'm probably just going to start with a PlayStation and then get an Xbox probably year two or three yeah. after that. But Get the Mini Fridge 2.0. Mini Fridge out. 2.0. Somebody's going to mod that to be an actual Mini Fridge. Yeah, probably. Just like they uh, modded that PS3 to be a hot dog grill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but yeah. Well, those are our thoughts about the PlayStation 5 event, what we think about the next generation and what to we would like to see and things like that. And I'd like to thank you, Tyler, for coming on with me. Ah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll try. We'll have to do this again sometime. Uh, sure. Are you going to be playing The Last of Us? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't so, know when, but I will be. Yeah, we're going to have to definitely talk about that after that comes out. Okay. So I'll have to have you on after that. But my name is James, and this has been the LO Gaming Podcast, and I hope you enjoyed, and come see us next time. We're out.
here's the console. 